Welcome to Jersey Arts the Podcast. I'm Susan Walner. In late July, I spoke with Emily Mann, artistic director at the McCarter Theater, as she was about to begin rehearsals for Having Our Say, the Delaney Sisters' first 100 years. She wrote Having Our Say and first staged it at the McCarter in 1995. It went on to Broadway, television, and a national tour. This is the first time Emily Mann has ever repeated a play in her 20 years at the McCarter. I began our discussion by asking Emily what first brought her to the job of artistic director and why she wanted it. Well, that's a very good question. Why did I want the job of artistic director here? It was a combination of things. One is, um, it was 1990. I was... uh, newly divorced with a young son and I thought in order to keep my career in the theater happening and stay an artist I had to be in one place to bring up my child and so I began to think about uh, taking uh, the artistic leadership of a theater and I had been asked over the years and it always said no because I thought well how can I stay an artist and run a theater I write and direct which is very unusual Um, and I was a single mother, how could I possibly also run a theater? So I called two people. One was Mark Lemos, who was then artistic director of Hartford Stage, who'd been a great champion of mine. And he said, you absolutely should do it because you will build a body of work for yourself, a body of work of the people you most admire in the national and international scene, and you'll make a great impact on a community. And he knew that that was also a very big part of things for me. Um, I always took part in the education department when we knew each other at the Guthrie Theater, and I care very much about the conversation between the stage and the audience. So I thought, huh, but how will I stay an artist? He said, don't you realize by now that when you're freelancing and you go to other people's theaters, you end up producing it yourself? So few people are minding the store. And I thought, it's so true. If I could actually have a well-run theater to do my work in, like I want whenever I'm on the road. I thought, I could make that happen. I've always been complaining that I can't find it. I'll make that happen. So I then had dinner with Sir Peter Hall that about two nights later. Um, and he was then running the National Theatre in England, so he's one of the greatest artistic directors in the world. And I said, you know, what the, what the offer was. And he said, I think you should take it, though I never give advice. And I said, well, how will I make it life-enhancing? He said, make sure that every single production is an event. And that's become our mantra. Don't just pick a title or pick a play or pick a great director or pick... What makes this an event? And then you put it on. There's never just a play going on at your theater. And that's um, been great advice. I hope that's been true all almost, well, I think we have a good batting average, let's put it that way. That's always the intention. How would you describe McCarter's voice? How does it speak as a theater differently than other, other theaters? Well, I think maybe because we are run by an artist. I mean, it's hard to talk about yourself, right? But I think that, in fact, the McCarter Theater reflects my taste, my interests, my obsessions. Um, I'm a playwright and a director. I spent my entire life in the theater, and I care about writers enormously. So we are not only 
because I'm a writer, able to attract the giants of the profession who are my colleagues like Edward Albee and John Guare and Ethel Fugard, but we're also able to attract the young writers coming up because they know that they will be able to do their best work here and that we tailor every single production or every single development process of a new play for that individual writer. Everyone works differently. And so when you come here, a fellow writer's taking care of you, basically. Um, so in that way, we reflect um, someone who's absolutely dedicated to introducing new plays into um, the national and international repertoire. Um, I am also um, a, uh, someone who is a product of the Guthrie Theatre in Minneapolis. I was um, an intern, or at those, in those days we were called apprentices. I was an apprentice or fellow at the Guthrie Theatre as a director. Um, and so I learned classic theatre. And I love classical theater. So we like to put essential and new productions of the great classic works um, on the stage, butt it up right up against the new work, because each feeds the other. You begin to understand a Moliere play better once you've uh, seen a, a, a play by uh, uh, Beth Henley, for example. So you just, you know, we're constantly um, giving a very various season um, of kinds of plays and productions and writers to an audience. So I think it's that. Um, and you, when you come here, you know you're going to be challenged, hopefully entertained as well. But it isn't, um, you don't come here for the, this, the, the fluff. We come here for the stuff that's got a lot of depth. Even the comedies has something to say. Um, and I just think that's, again, my personality. I was not drawn to the theater because of, um, of, 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 of plain old-fashioned entertainment and Las Vegas-type ty reviews or even the fluffier Broadway fair. I'm, you know, I came because the, the theater, to me, is the lifeblood of a democracy. It asks the essential questions of who we are as a people now in this moment in time. You know, people live within a certain society, and so... The complexity of that, again, I, I think our audiences are complicated people, and they are reflected on this stage in different ways. And so they learn both about themselves and about other people whom they've never met, whom they don't have the opportunity to meet unless they see them on the stage. And it's live, and they have that live exchange. So there's a kind of excitement and electricity, I hope, for that signifies McCarter show. Um, the wonderful critic um, Alvin Klein, who died this year, he was a great champion of mine and this theater's. And he'd always say that that going to McCarter, each opening for him was a real event, and that made me really happy because he didn't know that that was what Peter Hall had charged me with, as um, as the job, as 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 the goal to reach. But he felt it, so that made me happy. When you first started, what made you stay? Well, I thought I was coming for three to five years. And in the beginning, two things happened. One, um, I was loving being here. And I'd worked very hard because this theater was really on a, on a crash course when I arrived. And I had to pull it back and save it, basically. And so once we were back on the upswing, um, 
I found out just before we were given the 1994 Tony Award for Outstanding Regional Theater that I had multiple sclerosis. And I don't know if you ever saw the clip of it on television, but I couldn't walk that day at all. But I said, I am not sitting in the wings while um, we get this award. I am walking out on that stage and giving my acceptance speech. So we thought it would be really cool if I went out with the president of our board and Jeff Woodward, the managing director. Usually it's just the artistic director. And so just before we got out there, I had been meditating and stretching, doing everything I could to just be able to do it, and I really could hardly walk. And they each put out their, their arms, and I walked out there, and I thought it must look ludicrous and incredibly slow and stately. And they stayed there while I gave the speech. And then we said, thank you, and off we went, and whoop, I was I was down. And um, we started a tradition. People now go up with their managing directors <laughs> and their presidents of the board. My mother didn't even know. She saw me on television. She was so excited. We didn't want to ruin the, the, uh, the event for her. But what I was going to say is I thought when I was diagnosed that I should tell the board that I would understand if they wanted me to step down because it's a great theater and I didn't want them to feel they were saddled with an invalid. And the response was, are you kidding? <laughs> you just tell us what you need, and we're here for you. <laughs> so, I mean, you don't leave this, you don't leave this easily. Yeah. So, that kept me here. They helped me through the darkest times, when I couldn't walk, and I was in great pain, and everyone was here, great staff. Incredible board support, audience support, everyone. So now you're bringing back Having Our Say. Yes. It's the first time you've repeated anything. The first time we've repeated anything. Yes. Why are you bringing it back? And why now? Why now? And why am I bringing it back? Well, I thought one of the things I wanted the 20th anniversary season to do was to look at where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. And so I thought, well, we should pick one of our shows that was just one that, you know, people loved and that we felt was a great artistic success and mattered. And having our say without doubt is, is one of the peak experiences of the last 20 years as a production. And so um, that coupled with the fact of Obama's um, of Obama becoming the president of the United States of America, um, first thing I thought of when he won was I wish the sisters were alive. You know, I'm so glad that John Hope lived to see it. He, he died at 94. Um, but Bessie and Sadie would have gotten such a charge out of it. I mean, it would have been just amazing to share that with them. And um, so I began to really think about where we as a country have come in 15 years, you know? And where, where our audience has come. People came with different experiences and different expectations in 1995 to this play about these two extraordinary 
black women. Um, now, there's just a, it's 15 years of a different, you know, 15 other years have gone by, and there is a, a change in the power base of the country. Some things have changed enormously. Lots of other things have changed, not at all. Some things are going to be harder and harder to change, and we still have to go through a long process, a long process, I think. Although, as my mother said, who's 88, it never occurred to her that she would see this in her lifetime. And certainly, in 1995, when Having Our Say opened, it didn't occur to anyone that it was around the corner. So the whole play is going to play very differently. I think it's going to play very differently for two reasons. One, the shift in the country in terms of uh, the president, and two, because they're gone now. When we did it, they were still alive. So there's something about it being a memory play. They're always remembering. I mean, they remember through their own memories and then the memories of their parents and grandparents. They, they remembered all the way back to the beginning part of the 19th century. Um, now we're remembering them in a funny way as well. And they're almost speaking to us from another vantage point. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've done a, I've done made it more of a memory play. It's not like the images of of their family and all that. There's there's more of a uh, ghostly feel to it. There's more of a memory feel to it. It's a little bit more like Last Menagerie than um, than the old design of of Tom Lynch's. Um, it's uh, it doesn't have walls. It's not you know that highly etched, really hyper-realistic look. It's a little softer. It's a little bit more memory involved. I don't mean to get sentimental. It's just they're vividly alive inside of something quite different. And stage design has changed in 15 years. What are you, what are you looking forward to? Well, um, Execution of Justice is going to be read in New York, and there's some interest in my play since the movie Milk about reviving it on Broadway, so that interests me. Doing um, the 20th anniversary season interests me because there'll be a huge retrospective on the work, but also there's going to be a women in theater panel on September 26th. Some of the most extraordinary women in the theater are being asked by two women scholars here at, at Princeton uh, to put together a whole day of panel discussions. That interests me. I'm looking forward to that enormously. Um, I'm also very much looking forward to the two new plays that we are putting on. Because I think I'm going to be directing Edward Albee's play on Broadway, I won't be able to direct Fetch Clay, Make Man, which is Will Powers' new play about Muhammad Ali and Steppenfetch, which I've been working with him on for over two years. It is a brilliant, brilliant play. We're doing it in the middle of the season, and the great Des Mackinoff, who's an old friend of mine and you know a great director, is going to be directing it, and I'm very excited to have him here um, and also um, see the fruits of that labor. And also the musical that we couldn't do last year, we're doing this season at the end of the season, and we've been working with them 
developing it even further, and I think it's going to just blow the roof off this theater. It's gorgeous. So I'm excited about seeing that. Um, I'm also just interested. We're, we're, we're going to be doing a lot of celebrating. And I've, I never give myself that, the time to do that. So there'll be a lot of parties. <laughs> you know, all the interns are going to come back. You know, we've just had these extraordinary young people who've come through over the last 20 years. And they've all gone, most of them have done extraordinary work in the theater or opera world and, um, or in the arts in some way. And I want to reunite with them, so I think that will be wonderful. We also have the Sally Goodman Prize has been given out to George C. Wolfe, which I'm very, very happy about. So George will be in process or in development for a new, a new project. Um, if, I, uh, if I can, I want to start work on a new play of my own. And I think I'm going to take uh, a three to six month sabbatical at the end of next season. And then I can really write and really just let go and, and sort of let there be a marker and just take a, a deep rest and a shift gears so I can come back refreshed. I'm really excited about that. I'm sort of looking at, you know, house swapping in the south of France and <laughs> things like that. So <laughs> I'm hoping with... Um, with the help of uh, a few friends who live in very interesting places around the world that we'll, we'll be traveling and I'll be writing and renewing. Emily Mann's Having Our Say runs at McCarter's Berlin Theater through October 18th. Visit jerseyarts.com or mccarter.org for more information. Jersey Arts, the podcast, is a production of State of the Arts. Watch it on NJN Public Television, Fridays at 8.30 p.m. and Wednesdays at 11.30 p.m. Individual stories can be seen anytime on njn.net. The New Jersey State Council on the Arts is pleased to co-produce State of the Arts. The New Jersey State Council on the Arts, encouraging excellence in the arts since 1966. Additional support was provided by the Geraldine R. Dodge Foundation supporting cultural, educational, and environmental initiatives that make our world more livable.